Hey, you are listening to the podcast for Mid-City Vineyard Church. Mid-City Vineyard is a community of faith located in the heart of New Orleans, Louisiana on Canal Street. My name is Brian. My wife, Christy, and I pastor Mid-City Vineyard. And you can check us out on Facebook, Mid-City Vineyard Church, Instagram, at Mid-City Vineyard, or online, midcityvineyard.org. This week on the podcast, uh, we're talking about how the soul has no switch. We live in a society that's filled with buttons and switches and levers, and everything comes to us quite easily and quite quickly. But really, when it comes to spiritual formation, when it comes to maturing as a follower of Christ, when it comes to growing in our own spirit and our soul emotionally, uh, there is not a switch for that, but really instead it is it is seed work. It's deep work. It's good work, but it takes time. So thanks for checking us out. Hope you enjoy. Much peace to you and to yours. Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 through 33. <laughs> Just read. <laughs> Thank you. So the kingdom of God is like this is this is how Jesus starts so many <laughs> of his teachings or uh, just his conversations. The kingdom of God is like it actually turns out that the message of Jesus and, and uh, don't ever forget this. The message of Jesus is a message about the kingdom of God. Even in, in, in the church today, there's a lot of, you know, might say, you, you, people will say, well, what, what did Jesus come preaching? Well, Jesus came preaching forgiveness of sins. He did. Uh, or why did Jesus come? Jesus came to die on the cross to forgive us for our sins. In part, he did. But what Jesus really was doing, I mean, the very first thing Jesus said when he came preaching, he said, listen, repent, which simply means turn around. It means your life is headed in a direction that is not necessarily the best direction. Repent means to literally turn around. Jesus says, here's the, here's the message. Repent because the kingdom of God is here. That, like That's the gospel. That's the good news. The, the kingdom of God, God's way of doing things, is here and it's available to human beings. And so when Jesus says things like this, he says, now let me explain the kingdom to you. So repent, the kingdom is here. Okay, good, that's great, Jesus. What does that mean? Oh, I'll tell you. The kingdom is like. The kingdom is like. And he does this over and over and over and over and over again. In this particular passage, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, though it's the smallest of all the seeds you've planted in the ground and it grows to be a large tree. Or the kingdom of God is like uh, yeast that is, is being kneaded into the dough. And, and, and it's just, it's this, it's this process. Um, we use the words around here at Mid-City Vineyard, we use the words rhythm, we use the words formation or formative, we use the words shaping, 
Uh, we use these words often, and even just this week, I had two different people ask me. So when we use those words, when you use the word formative, or when you use the words rhythm, or when you, what exactly are we talking about? And so I would say to you that when I use those kinds of words for us around here, I believe, and, and I, you know, sociologically, psychologically, these things, have, uh, this is very true, but as human beings, we are always growing. Uh, as human beings, we are always changing. As human beings, we are always being formed in our, in our thoughts and in our actions. I mean, this is just, it's part of the process. You, and, and you're either being shaped and formed and growing, uh, you know, this direction or this direction. I mean, and, and sometimes, you know, you, you ebb and you flow. But the bottom line is you're always being shaped. You're always being formed by everything that comes to you in your life. And so we have countless opportunities every year. We have countless opportunities every month, every week. We have many opportunities every single day uh, to kind of be shaped. I mean, just think uh, about any type of example, really. Uh, tomorrow, if I'm... <laughs> This is not necessarily a hypothetical. Uh, tomorrow, if I was sitting on my porch drinking the coffee, at, drinking my coffee, and, and Christy comes out at some point, and she's like, you know, I think it's great that you think you can sit out here and just drink your coffee and enjoy the morning, but I'm in here wrestling with these five kids. Would you please come inside and help? And I said it's not necessarily a hypothetical because it's happened. But, um, <laughs> but it's the kind of thing now, now, now really think about this. This is a super, super simple example. We're going to get into something a little... Uh, maybe a little bit more depth in just a minute, but I, I now have a choice to make. You know, I have a real choice to make on how I'm going to allow this to shape me, form me, impact me, how I'm going to allow this to, uh, or how I'm going to grow from this, because I can either, you know, take on this uh, uh, defensive kind of uh, thing that says, well, you know, today's my day off, you know, and, and I want to I wanna sit and I want to relax and I, I need this time to myself and, and, and blah, 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 and I can become resentful towards her. I could allow that to, to bring a disconnect, or I can be shaped and move in that direction, or I can choose to allow it to shape me and form me and mold me into a different direction of, once again, pressing into what does it mean to be selfless? What does it mean to, to prefer her? What does it mean to, to engage in relationships that I need to or should be engaging in right now? You see, I mean, I, I have a choice. I can go either way. And, and that's, that's a very simple example. But these kinds of things come at us every single day, every single day, whether it's at work or at the gym or at home or whatever it might be. So I can allow things to push me in a particular direction. Now, that's what I'm talking about when I use those words. So how are you being shaped? How are you being formed? I think this is, uh, I've been wanting to kind of speak on this uh, for a few weeks, but I thought I'd wait until uh, our first, our first gathering in the new year, because a lot of times in the new year, people want to come up with all these, these resolutions and, and these things that they're, they're going to do. And I, I, I'm cool with that. Uh, if you, if you want to do that, I mean, setting goals and resolutions, that's all, that's all good. But I'm actually more concerned personally for me, and, and I'm even more concerned for you is, is how would you even want to use this year, um, to, to faithfully move in a direction? You know, so there are certain goals you might set, like, that are very tangible. I want to, you know, I want to lose five pounds by the end of the year. Okay, that's, that's hopefully tangible, uh, something you can, you can lay hold of. Or I want to be able to, um, I don't know, I, I don't 
you pick it. You see what it is. But then there are, those, are, those are things that are, are, are obtainable. But then there are other things where you might say, I just I want to be a kind person by the end of the year. Well, that is a little different than losing five pounds by the end of the year. Would you agree? I mean, there's, there's some different things that are, that are going on here. And so I would rather say in that type of resolution or in that type of goal, I would like to say this year I would like to move towards being more kind. Because the truth is, and you need to really know this, but by the end of the year, you're not going to be as kind as you really want to be. And if you are, we might have a problem because, uh, you know, then what are you going to strive for the next year? You know, you're not going to just all of a sudden become a kind person. Uh, it's, it's something that you move in. It's something that you grow in. It's something that you flow in. It's something that you're formed into, that you're shaped into. And it's a process. And that's kind of where we're going with this tonight. It's about the kind of life that you're living. It's not the stuff that you know. I know as a follower of Jesus Christ that followers of Jesus Christ are invited to be kind. <laughs> I know that. That didn't make me kind. I know that followers of Jesus Christ are invited to a life of generosity. But just knowing that doesn't make me generous. Does that, does that connect with you? So it engages a particular lifestyle, and how will we engage that style with God? And, and here's, here's the beauty of it. I, I mentioned the good news is the kingdom. The, the good news of, of God is that, more of the good news, is that you don't have to change all of your junk in order for God to come in and love you and accept you and be merciful to you. You don't have to change all that junk on the inside that maybe you don't like in order to make God happy. Here's the, here's the beauty of the good news. It's in the middle of all that crap in your life that God comes right in. Like it's in the middle of all that junk that God's like, hey, I see where you are. I want to meet you in that spot. And because I'm incredibly merciful and loving, and you know what, You're, I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want to you to cooperate with me as we grow out of that stuff and the things that that you, you want to be more generous? I want to cooperate. I want you to cooperate with me. I want to partner with you, and let's move in that direction. But you don't become more generous, and then God becomes more happy with you. It doesn't work. It, it, that's, not, that's, that's amazing, isn't it? It's like, I want to be more generous, and God's already right here with me. It's just like, let's press into this thing together. Have you ever had moments where you can look back and say, I used to be this way, and now I'm this way? Do you have some of that? I, you know, I used to, so for me, I used to have a very short temper. And now I don't have quite as short a temper. Um, there are moments on our journey where, where we kind of realize, you know what, I, I'm, I'm growing in this area. I used to be a terrible listener. Uh, I used to talk a lot. Like one-on-one, I'd talk, 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 and I was a terrible listener. And, and it came to my attention one day, I was like, you know what, I don't really want to be a terrible listener anymore. I don't want to dominate conversations anymore. I want to become a better listener. But I didn't just wake up the next day and all of a sudden I was a better listener. But it was something that I, I set my heart and my thoughts and my mind to. It's something that I began to, to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, because I think that's part of something that the Holy Spirit was saying to me. And, and now I can actually look back and I can see situations where I might be in a conversation with Brandon and I might leave that conversation uh, and I look, might reflect back on it and say, man, I, you know, I did a much better job listening today 
than I would have six months ago. And, and that's, this is good. It, these are the kinds of things that we want to start seeing sprout up in our lives as we journey with Christ. But here's the thing. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. Most of the parables, and this is where the seeds and the yeast come in, most of the parables in the New Testament, most of the illustrations, these guys were an agrarian society. I mean, they, agriculture was their thing. And so that's why you see when Jesus actually speaks in these parables, most of the time he's talking about fields, he's talking about flowers, he's talking about farmers, he's talking about uh, seeds being planted. Uh, that's what Jesus is, is doing because that's what people really would have understood at the time. If Jesus was walking in our society today, he would have to come up with a whole, a whole different set of uh, uh, ways of, of illustrating and making his point. But there's something very uh, interesting and, and very powerful to be said for that. Because in, in the ancient world, when these metaphors are, are these agricultural metaphors, there was this general expectation that when you would actually plant something, after you planted, then you waited. So you would plant and wait. You would plant a seed in the soil and then you would wait. In order for something to actually grow, you would plant the seed in the soil, you'd plant it in the earth, you would bury it, and then you would see nothing for days, maybe for weeks. You would bury it and you'd see nothing. And there was this very active work of digging, planting, covering over, watering, and waiting. And hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, it would take. Hopefully it would take. And you would wait, and you would wait with patience, but you, hopefully you would, you would wait with some anticipation of something good happening. There would be a general sense of trust that something is happening underneath the soil. It turns out that that's how for centuries... Okay, all that was my introduction. Now check this out. It turns out for centuries that this is how people understood life in the spirit, the life of the soul. This is how people understood soul work. Was they understood it in terms of seeds. They understood it in terms of planting and watering and waiting and seeing nothing and being patient and letting this take place underneath the soil, deep down as it then began to eventually grow. Images of, of seeds is what dominated Jesus' time. And yet then now, if you look what's happened over the, over the last 2,000 years, now we live in this, this modern society. And you know, we live in a society of computers and machines and, and, and smart everything. So now we live in a society where when you want something done, you push a button. Or you pull a lever. Or you flip a switch. You, know, you walk into the room and you need light. So what do you do? You flip a switch. And when you flip the switch, what happens? Immediately, light. You know, or you, you want to take a picture and you want to send it to your sister in Maine. And so what do you do? You take a picture and you send it to your sister in Maine and it gets there in like no time. Even though she lives 1,000, 1,500 miles away or whatever that might be. Now that, if she lives... In China, you can send it there also, just like that. 
because we live in the society now. Now, here's what's happened, and this is, this is of, of the utmost importance. In the last 500 years, as we've moved into this, we have actually taken spirituality, and we've taken soul growth, and we've taken soul care, and we've taken all these things, and we've changed that into an immediate process also. It's only been in the last couple hundred years that this whole idea that people would come into a relationship with God and you could be saved and your whole life would be transformed just like this. Like, did you pray a prayer? Well, if you prayed a prayer, then you're good to go. Like, your whole life has changed and now, now you know God and, and you're a full Christian and you're expected to just boop, 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 be whooped up into shape and do all the things that God would have you do. And it's like, wait a minute, how, how did we get to this place? I mean, Paul is the one in the book of Philippians who said, listen, now take what's happened and work out your salvation. Like, take what you've learned from me and go practice. Go, go work it out. I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, you're trying to win God's favor. I'm saying to you, you already have God's favor. God's, God loves you. God is merciful to you. God is gracious to you. God is excited about you and excited about your life. And so now, work it out with God. But understand that it's not just a switch it's not just the throwing of a of a lever when it comes to your heart when it comes to faith when it comes to your soul your soul does not have a switch so that lamp has a switch and just like that i decide i want the lamp off okay but it doesn't work that way with your soul it doesn't work that way with your soul you don't just decide i i want to be because if it worked that way then we'd all be very kind would we not or generous or gracious or forgiving or merciful whatever it might be the soul doesn't have a switch soul work is, is a process but it's a beautiful process because it's in that process of, of digging and planting and covering it over, of watering it, of allowing the sun to shine, of participating and cooperating with what God is doing. Now, how do you cooperate with what God is doing? You have to be aware of what God is doing, which means that we must come to a place where we understand that what we do on Saturday night, this is wonderful. I, I love this. I love sharing communion with you guys. I love uh, praying together with you guys. Uh, this is, I, this, but this, and the reason this is so important, in my opinion, is because this is a time to, to kind of re-energize and be prepared for the, the work that God is doing in our community all around, and our jobs, on our jobs, at the gym, in the grocery store, all the things that, where God is sending us, and, and we're connecting with people, and, and we're, we're experiencing the love and life of Christ in our everyday, very ordinary lives. That's what seed work is. I, I even see, I see this church as seed work. I mean, we've been here 10 months. And if you ask me, and some of you do, you know, um, you know how much do you, how much, how many, how much do you think we'll grow this year? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I can't just snap my fingers. And I, you know, I, what I'm more interested in, and I think it's good for you, to hear me and Christy say this, but what we're more interested in is not how fast and how big do we grow, but how, how much do we grow as people in Christ? 
how, how are we doing growing together and how are we doing uh, growing as Christ followers? How are we doing in our, in our souls? How are we doing? That's really, that's important to me. That's very important to me. So maybe it looks like this. Do you ever lose your mind when your technology doesn't work? <laughs> okay, so you go to send the text message and you hit send and it's not sending. Or, or you go to turn on Netflix and the little circle is just doing this. And it takes forever. I mean, sometimes it literally takes like two minutes. It's like, come on, for crying out loud. Yeah, you've, yeah, you've reset it by then. That's right. Uh, you know, or I, I don't know what it is for you. Um, this week I was trying to upload the podcast on, onto our website, and it took me 12 tries because the internet just wasn't working. And I nearly lost my mind. I just, oh my gosh. Okay, well, that's what we do in a, in a world of switches. That's what we do in a world of switches. Now, how often do you treat yourself that way? Oh, I, why am I not better at this by this time? Why, why did I respond that way? Why did I do that? Why did I blow my gasket there? Why did I not forgive in that situation? I'm, oh, how often do you become frustrated at these kinds of things? Why am I not better now yet by this time at this? I'll tell you why you do that. I'll tell you why I do that. It's because we live in a world of switches. And we just do. And so we expect our soul and we expect our own personal growth to go as fast as we do with the light. That's just, it's what we expect. And I want to suggest to you that God might be doing something much, much more and much deeper, but it's going to take a little bit longer. So could we cooperate with that process? It's seed work. Maybe you're more judgmental than you want to be. Maybe you give in to despair more than you desire to. Maybe you're ang more angry than you, you sh should be. Or maybe you talk more than you want to. Okay. If you come to realize that, if you're, if you're discontent with that, if you're frustrated with that, then I say good. Be frustrated and be discontent with it. That right there is the seed that is being planted. That, that, that frustration, that discontentment, there's your seed. So now plant it. And now cooperate with what God wants to do and be patient with yourself understanding that God is at work this is the thing that we forget so often this is why we light the candles every week this is why we light the candles because the candles remind us pause right here everyone pause look God is present if God is present that means God is that means God's speaking. That means God is doing something. That means God is moving in your own life. Well, I don't feel it. <laughs> okay. You don't have to. Because this is, this is kind of like this, this faith thing. This is, okay. I don't have to feel all the heebie-jeebies. I don't have to give you all, you know, I, I guess I could. You know what? I just have this deep-seated trust that God is working. That God is forming. That God is shaping. And when it comes to seed work, Here's what you need. You need patience. Think of it like this. It's a thousand small steps. It's a thousand small steps to get there. 
our mantra could be, this is going to take a while. That's a good mantra. This, this could take a while. But where, where do you have to go? <laughs> it could take a while. But you know what? You're going to start to see. You're going to start to see it. And when you do see it, celebrate it. Be glad about it. Thank the Holy Spirit for that. Growing in kindness is going to take a while. But you know how you grow in kindness? You cooperate with the Spirit and you start being kind. And sometimes you're going to get it, and sometimes you're not. You want to be generous? Start being generous. Some days you'll get it better than others. Start somewhere. The other thing is, it takes patience, but this is the last thing. You kind of have to show up for class. It's, it's, just, it's just what it is. You have to, you have to show up. Um, so I didn't want to come tonight. And uh, I was like, I was laying on my sofa at 3, 3.30, and it was 4 o'clock. And I was like, man, I do not want to go to church tonight. And uh, then I became very envious of all of you. <laughs> because if you would have felt that way, you could have not come, right? But I felt like, I felt compelled that I should probably show up. But I didn't want to. But for me, and this is just, this is my own example, but for me, this is kind of part of show up for class. It's just part of show up for class. There's another thing that happened to me last, last Sunday morning, and I take Sundays off, and it's Sunday morning, we're, our family, we're getting ready to go to our neighbor's house for a barbecue. And someone else calls, and they're like, hey, can you come help us with such and such a thing? And, you know, so-and-so needs your help. And it's like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I don't want to go help so-and-so at all. Um, like, I want to go to the barbecue because that's what I've been planning on. And, and, and so it was, I, I just I wrestled and wrestled, and then I just, it was one of those things where I just felt like the Holy Spirit says, well, you, you've been saying you want to grow in kindness. You should probably just show up for class. Okay, right? So we packed up in the car and we went and did such and such, and we still eventually made it to the barbecue. And then I looked back and I was like, oh, it's, it's good to show up for class. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, Paul says, Listen, this good work that is taking place, don't get tired. Don't get tired of the good work that you're doing. Just keep going. Just keep going. So I would say this to you, and then we're going to pray. 2017, here we go. There are things in your life that, there are certain things about yourself that you don't like. Okay. And then show up for class, put the seed in the ground, and talk to the Holy Spirit about it. Um, the Spirit of God might develop within you or might encourage you to create particular disciplines in your life. Uh, I'm not talking like this legalistic kind of thing. I'm talking like the Spirit of God might say, hey, you want to become more generous? All right. Then one of the, I want you to start by making uh, sandwich, three sandwiches. Uh, make a sandwich on Monday, one on Wednesday, and one on Friday and find someone to give it to on your way to work. Find someone who lives under a bridge. Find someone who stands on the corner. Just roll down your window. You want to become more kind. Roll down your window and, and ask 
the homeless woman standing on the corner, ask her her name and give her a buck and start doing this for the whole year and just 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 begin to pray for her and just begin to love on her. Yeah, but I don't know if she's really hom- homeless. I don't care. You're growing in kindness. It doesn't really matter if she's homeless or not. You know, she's on the corner. She's begging. Go, go ahead and, 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 and meet her and get her name and, and, and just show up for class. You know, that might be something the Spirit of God says to you. Or, or maybe you want to become more forgiving. Maybe you've got that person that you have not been able to forgive for forever. And so maybe every day it's a process of saying, I'm waking up and Lord, I don't, I don't know. I want to forgive, but I still hate them. Okay. Then talk to God about it again tomorrow and talk to God about it again on, on Monday and then on Tuesday. And then you know what? By, by June, you might wake up and you might say, I still hate them, but I actually feel like I hate them a little less than I did in January. And then celebrate because that's progress. And this is like, this is, I don't know how else to explain. This is real life. You know, I've gone to places where, you know, it's like, well, you just need to forgive them and, and trust you. I, I, I don't know how to do that. So I'm just giving you what I know how to do. <laughs> because this, to me, this is real life. And it's like, if I can hate them less in June than I do in January, then that means the Spirit of God is working. And whatever I planted has just, like, there's this little bitty sprout. And maybe by next December, and then maybe by next January, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I don't, I don't, I, I actually find myself in a place where I can wish, wish wellness upon them. Excellent. Then I say, God has done a wonderful thing and you've cooperated. Does, does that, does that resonate with you? Does that make sense? You know, and, and so it's, that's, that's what your soul is. Your soul, it's seed work. It's not switches. And so tonight, uh, you have on your handout, and here's how, we'll, how, here's how we'll conclude tonight. But you have on your handout a litany for inner stillness. And uh, if, you're, if you were using MCV Connect on your phone, you can, you can pull that up. And, and here's how this works. Uh, we've got this, this atmosphere created. We're, just, we're going to sit. Uh, well, we're going to pray this together, and then I'm going to allow this stillness. And I'm going to give us, it's gonna, it could potentially feel awkward. That's okay. I'm going to give us two solid minutes of just sitting in the stillness and in the quiet. And maybe perhaps in this, the Holy Spirit just begins to show you what seeds are being planted here. Maybe it involves extending forgiveness to yourself for being upset with yourself for so long. But then a new acknowledgement of, you know what, God, I want to cooperate with you in this particular area. So I'm going to read the non-bold And then you will read together the bold lines. And when we get to the end, then we will just sit in stillness uh, for two minutes together. God, we know that when we wait upon you, we know that your presence can grow in us. You are exalted in our hearts. That we often avoid quiet reflection. That we often mistake stillness for sloth. That we often become hoodwinked by our culture of excess. That intentional stillness often requires great effort from us. When we are running around attending to our to-do list. When we are looking for pleasure and consolation. 
When we are in need of affirmation and success. When we are avoiding our pain or nursing our wounds. We cease our striving and we sink now into the stillness of this moment. We immerse ourselves into your loving, always available presence. We make it our ambition to be deeply familiar with you. We meditate upon the beauty of God. Renew us now. So, Lord, we submit these things to you tonight. Lord, in our fast-paced culture of switches and buttons and levers, Lord, may we deeply understand that you are doing a very good work in us. And, Lord, may, may we be given and blessed with the patience and the fortitude to continue to cooperate with you Lord, we ask in those places where we are not very forgiving of ourselves that you would just release us from that. Lord, we pray for your mercy, that we would be merciful towards ourselves even. And Lord, the seeds that are being planted, whether it's through frustration or discontentment, or maybe we've just come to realize that there's just something that we want to be different. Lord, may we continually look to you and cooperate with what you're doing. And so church tonight, as, as we go, as we go back out into the neighborhoods, as we go back to our jobs, as we, as we go to restaurants and gyms and schools, just pray that the Lord would bless you, that 
the Lord would keep you, that the Lord would cause His face to shine upon you. We ask tonight that the Lord would open your eyes to see all of the beauty and mercy and grace of God all around this amazing earth. Ask that the Lord would open your eyes to what God's doing in your life and the lives of all those that you come into contact with. And may the Lord give you peace. We pray all these things tonight in the name of God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.